Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Doc Rivers showed exactly why it is that the Lakers cannot hire him. And hiring him would be remarkably similar to the trade that tanked last season. I think Doc Rivers is an okay to pretty good coach. I don't think he's outright bad. I think the Lakers can do better, even with some of the first-time head coaches that they're currently interviewing. Uh, What Doc Rivers is, however, is somebody who is getting by at this point on his reputation, and he knows it. He carries himself as if he has this infallible, unquestionable reputation, and look... You won one championship. You don't get to carry yourself that way with only the one championship and some of the endings to tenures with some of these organizations that you've had. We can obviously start with the 3-1 leads record that Doc Rivers currently holds. Again, for those who don't know, Rivers has blown a 3-1 lead three times in his career, first with the Magic in 2013, then with the Clippers in 2015, Um, And then in 2020, uh, against the uh, Nuggets, also with the Clippers. Uh, That is the most of any other coach. Now, he got defensive about it, said that it really shows something that he got teams to those situations in the first place, blah, 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 blah. But generally speaking, if you blow a 3-1 lead, it indicates that as you're in the middle of that three-game losing streak that eventually ends your season, you are not making the necessary adjustments after the team has adjusted against you, right? Now that's a little reductivist or whatever, but but generally speaking, like that's an that's a fairly easy read out of those situations. His teams have also just you know, even even given relative expectations at his various stops, right? Orlando, it's hard to really expect anything uh for a coach in that kind of situation. But you had Tracy McGrady early enough in his career and not much to show for it. Uh, the next stop that he had was in Boston. It was a big three era. It was a, a, a team that was heralded as this remarkable collection of talent. Uh, it was such a great collection of talent that we just can't get enough in media of that big three team there for a while where... Paul Pierce is everywhere. Kendrick Perkins is one of the biggest uh, voices in in professional basketball coverage. Kevin Garnett obviously has his own thing going on. Uh, that incredible run was they resulted in one championship. Now, one championship, winning a, a ring is difficult, but given the hype surrounding that team, it was not. It didn't meet the expectations as that team was put together. Not to mention the fact that by the end of it. Everybody there seemed to hate each other, which is something to put a pin in as we go further throughout Doc Rivers' career. The Lob City Clippers is another situation where uh, he did build something and they did make some some pretty remarkable strides. But you had Chris Paul and you had Blake Griffin and you had DeAndre Jordan and you had, again, a collection of talent that was probably capable of winning regardless of who was there. And yet... They never got out of the second round. And then, again, by the time that they were all done there, uh, it was pretty clear that everybody involved was pretty ready to move on. And then now here in Philadelphia, where you have an MVP runner-up 
teamed up with a former MVP in James Harden. Now, Harden is not the, the same player that he was even last year. Uh, he is still kind of recovering from uh, just, look, I'm just going to say it, poor work ethic and all of that. But you also were playing against a Miami team that didn't have Kyle Lowry basically the entirety of the series. And yes, it sucks that Joel Embiid was dinged up for basically the whole time. And it sucks that you didn't get anything at all from Ben Simmons before you made the James Harden trade. But you also didn't get anything from Ben Simmons this year, largely in part because Doc Rivers, as soon as they lost last year, threw Simmons directly under the bus, put it in reverse, rolled over again, and then said it was our fault, the media's fault, for misinterpreting exactly what Doc Rivers said. Everybody was there in the room as he said it, and he was the only one who was telling everybody that we misread the situation. Um, obviously, the rest is history. They wind up having to trade Ben Simmons. James Harden comes in. He was never in shape at any point this year, and we'll see how that turns out. But once again, at the end of a Doc Rivers tenure here, seems pretty clear that everybody's pretty ready to move on from all of these relationships that have kind of soured. I want to go also back to the notion of him not being flexible and and the impact that that had on the outcomes of the series, right? And at the beginning of the series, he starts uh, DeAndre Jordan in Joel Embiid's place. It was a disaster, as just about every bit of information would lead one to believe. It uh, didn't work out well in, in game one. After game one, when people questioned him about it, he <laughs> brashly said that he was going to do it again. And and again, it's just this notion that he is beyond question every time anybody dares wonder if there is maybe something better to do, a better approach to take. And yeah, he won a championship and he is one of the more popular head coaches that we've seen over the course of his career. Yet... Again, as I just indicated, they haven't met expectations over the course of his career, and largely in part because, God forbid, anybody questioned Doc Rivers. Now, I want you to think long and hard about what all of that sounds like to you. Teams falling short of expectations. Uh, the, the, one of the central figures here just absolutely refusing to take any kind of, of ownership, accountability. Hell, after this last series... Doc Rivers immediately says, yeah, we just weren't good enough to beat Miami, uh, indicating that the roster, it wasn't uh, up to par or whatever. Um, but again, the, the the lack of ownership over the situation, the lack of accountability, uh, the lack of, of uh, any kind of adaptation or evolution over the course of his career, all of these things sound a lot like who? Sounds a lot like, gosh, it's on the tip of my... Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy that the Lakers traded for last season and immediately tanked any chance that they had at winning a championship. That guy. So after going through the debacle that was last year, turning around and hiring the coach equivalent of a Russell Westbrook, somebody who was pretty good at his peak, um, is far away from his peak for a variety of reasons and is now writing 
on the reputation that he developed years ago and refuses to take any kind of accountability for situations where he falls short of expectations. After going through all of last year, you're going to turn around and hire the coach equivalent of that. Yeah, it sounds great. Sign me up, man. Now, Phil Jackson is is reportedly by several accounts, by not even reportedly. Jeannie Buss just openly says that she's good, she, she brought Phil Jackson in uh, on the conversation surrounding the Lakers' search for their next head coach. Uh, Phil Jackson went up against Doc Rivers in a couple final series back in the early, well, the late 2000s, early 2010s. And uh, we got a very honest moment from Phil Jackson. Let's listen to Phil Jackson on the last huddle. This team has lost more games in the fourth quarter than anybody in the NBA. They know how to lose in the fourth quarter. All right? They're just showing us that right now. I think that pretty much speaks for itself. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out the conversation I had with Harrison about Bill Plaschke's weird... I, Harrison called it a premonition. I think that's a perfect way to refer to it. Uh, and why Harrison and I both believe it. Uh, that was a really fun, entertaining conversation um, that not only covered that, but also touched on the latest as we've heard from uh, the, the new cycle surrounding the Lakers' search for a coach and the way that the Lakers have been run and the impact that that has had on their search for a coach. So check out that conversation from yesterday. And then here in a bit, by the time you guys are listening to this, I'm going to be recording The Hook with Aaron as we probably talk about this, the playoffs to this point. Chris Paul, once again, no-showed in a a big game in the playoffs. Man, I just can't believe that happened. Uh, So he and I are going to talk about that. Um, as as well as look ahead to a potential playoff uh, conference matchups as as we might see them by the time Aaron and I talk next week. So until all of that, until I talk to you all again, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.